He is jealous for me. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. But all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions, cliffs by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are. Reach your affections up for me. It's rain. 
Please be seated. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the reminder that we are children of God. And on this first day of 2017, we come before you and we pray, Lord, that your love for us as our Heavenly Father will be made more clear to us, will be more powerful in us, will be more joyful through us, and Lord, that even on this day, we would see how great is your love and that our love for you would be great as well. Lord, we commit ourselves to you this day. We commit our hopes to you in this coming year. We commit our needs to you. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. In Jesus, Emmanuel, amen and amen. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Um, today, we have our children's service. We don't have um, 
Sunday school or promised land for the children. We will excuse the littlest ones out into the lobby after the children's message. But may I have all the kids come on up as we have our, our children's message? You can come over on this side. You can tell I'm really healthy. Um, so you can all come up here and get really close to me so I can share my code with you. How many of you are sick? You're sick, Abby? You're sick? Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Not too many people are sick. We'll see what we can do about that. All right. Well, Happy New Year. Oh, my gosh. That was horrible. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wow. That was, that was really sad, too. All right. Let's try one more time. Happy New Year. Ah, uh, it's a little better. All right. Well, tell me, what were you doing a week ago, last Sunday? What were you doing? We were celebrating Christmas. How did you celebrate Christmas? What did you do? What did you do? You got presents. How many of you got presents? All right, you did. What was your favorite present? What was your favorite present? Abby? You don't have a favorite present? You like them all. Good answer. What's your favorite brand, Mandy? Peppermint bark. Peppermint bark. All right. What was your favorite? What was your favorite present, Grace? Too many to choose from. Okay, Amelia. They were all good. All right. Well, I got lots of presents too. And how many of you got toys? Some of you got, only a few of you got toys, okay? How many of you got clothes? Okay, everybody gets clothes, all right? You know what? I have some news for you. Your toys, probably after you play with them for a little while, you're not going to play with them anymore, right? Because you only do it, you're nodding your head, like last year's toys. Are you still playing with last year's Christmas toys? No, not so much anymore, right? And last year's Christmas clothes, you know, does it still fit you? No, you're growing. Some of you, yeah. Okay, well, I got news. In two years, the Christmas clothes that you got today probably won't even fit you. Maybe they won't even be in style. And so the Christmas gifts that we got, the toys, they're great right now. The clothes that we got, they're great right now. But in a short time, those Christmas gifts, they're not going to be as exciting as they are today or they were last week. But there is a Christmas gift that will last and last and last. Now, your Christmas gifts, they won't last. I, you know, like, what does Santa usually carry with him when he goes down the chimney? What does he carry? A bag, all right? So this type of bag, right? Or, you know, sort of like this type of bag. This is a trash bag, all right? You know what this has? This has all the wrapping paper of my Christmas presents, all right? Like, there's, some, there's Santa on here. There's an old torn box. There's some more paper, there's tissue paper, there's cards and letters or cards, I mean, the envelopes are left. It's like, it's just our Christmas trash. And, you know, it's some things that we think are going to last for so long, they're sort of like what's happening here in this bag. They're only going to last for a short time. Now, they're good while they last, but they don't last forever. How would you like a Christmas gift that lasts forever? Yeah, I would. And we all know that Christmas gift is Jesus. I have some Bible verses for us I want us to see. So can we put them up? 
There we go. Okay, so this is from the Gospel of John. Right? Can everybody read them with me? Let's say them together. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word became a man and came to live among us. So in Jesus, we have a gift that will never, ever go old. We have a gift that we can always have in our hearts and a gift that will always love us. It's a gift that's better than toys. It's a gift that's better than clothes. It's a gift that God will keep on giving to us more and more and more. What are some things that Jesus gives to us? What is anything? Love. What else, Benny? Salvation. Anything else? Look out there. Who's out there? It's your family, right? It's your moms, your dads. It's your aunts and uncles, maybe your grandparents. It's your neighbors. It's your friends. These are the greatest gifts. Jesus became a man. He became a person just like you and me so that he could be friends with other people. He became a man. He had a mom. He had a dad. He had a family. He had brothers. He had cousins. He had people all around him, just like you and me. And he loves them. And he loves us. And he loves you. And so this year, even now, for the next couple of weeks, when you play with your toys, when you put on your new Christmas clothes, I want you to remember that there is another gift in Jesus that will always be with you, that will last longer than anything you could ever get on earth, and that it's his love for us because he was God's word and he's God's message to us. He's also a person who loves us, but more than anything else, he's God, and he's our Lord, and he's our Savior, and he loves us. So let's pray, and then you'll be able to go back to your seats. And uh, we did have um, some coloring pages for you. So if you don't have coloring pages, um, Auntie Marissa will get them for you, all right? So you can just raise your hand when you go back. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love and for your goodness and your kindness. We thank you that on Christmas you became a man through Jesus and that you gave yourself to us. We pray that we would remember that this Christmas gift will always last forever and ever, never grow old. Thank you for loving us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, you can go on back to your seats. And if there are little ones, we do have nursery care for uh, kindergarten and below out in the lobby. Happy New Year, Harvest. Happy New Year. Let's uh, get up and greet one another, give each other a Happy New Year hug. It doesn't always happen. It does happen. But it's an honor for me to be able to come up here and kick off the New Year the right way, celebrating Jesus and uh, I really feel like there is a lot of hope this year. It's uh, more hope than some other people think, like Michelle Obama. Anyway, uh, I'll get off my soapbox. Um, so let's see. In our bulletins, we have this tear-out sheet. If you're new with us, we'd like to get to know you better. So if you could fill it out and um, put your information in there, we'll um, be able to, to collect that. And there's also a way for you to communicate your prayer request with us. 
Uh, we will pray over them. Uh, we have a monthly prayer circle that will meet up and, and pray for all the prayer requests that are collected today and over the next few weeks. Uh, right now, we are still in dire need of a VBS director. It's still open. So if you have it in your heart to uh, come out and, and lead the kids for VBS this year, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Next week, January 8th, is the last day to get your pictures updated for the 2017 directory. So if you want to see Glenn, Brian, or Carol next week to get your pictures taken, next week will be the last week. And we do have, not here, but, oh yeah, we do have it back here. Um, every week we'll have uh, in the back table the new issues for Daily Walk and Tapestry. Uh, this Thursday on January 5th will be our seniors Bible study. So if you want us to come out, it'll be at the Irvine Presbyterian Church. You can contact Ron Lynn uh, for more info. The park will also be, will be meeting on Saturday, January 7th. And Spins Fellowship, it's a, our new uh, grief fellowship, will be meeting on Sunday, January 8th for lunch. Uh, what I mentioned earlier, prayer circle, it will um, be on Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, location is TBD, but we'll always meet from 8 to 9. And then on the 14th of January, uh, Saturday in the morning, we'll have our monthly men's coffee and donuts. So uh, this, starting this January, uh, we'll be meeting at the Irvine Presbyterian Church. So a change in venue from our normal um, gathering at Woodbridge Community, no, no, I'm sorry, Woodbridge Center, Shopping Center. Um, and then on the park parents, there'll be a meeting on Sunday, January 15th um, after service. And the park winter retreat is coming up on the weekend of the 20th through the 22nd. And of course, this is getting way out there, but we are having our now, I think, annual summer retreat um, for the church, and it will be on Friday, August 11th through Sunday, August 13th. So just an announcement to save the date, get your calendars out there, and then we will also have these dates available for Couples Garden. Uh, on the February 10th, the April 14th, June 9th, October 13th, and December 8th. Um, I know that's a lot of info out there for you guys. What a great way to start off the new year. And traditionally for New Year's, we always try to look inward and do our uh, New Year's resolutions. But those don't always last, do they? Right. <laughs> Hopefully that's better. So um, for, for our New Year's resolution, we normally look inward, right? We try to do things that would, would better ourselves. But I think we should try to look outward, right? Look out and see 
what God has for us. I mean, it's so easy to get lost in the everyday hustle and bustle, but we want to be able to see God, and not only see God in ourselves, but how we can see God in other people, how we can be more um, compassionate for others, and to um, not lose sight of of where God is, because God's everywhere, and we just need to have that um, awareness. Um, So this year, let's look out more and really be able to be in tune with what God wants us to do. And um, Pastor Curtis will now come up and talk about it more. Thank you, Eric. Oh. Um, it's, it is true that every time we come to a new year, um, we do want to think about the things that are, are really meaningful and the things that God has for us. And the things that only because of what God has for us that we're able to do, um, not on our own power, but on his power. And Like today, um, I am in a, a place of some illness, and, and you've probably been there yourself as well. And, and we need God to help us in all times, even when we're feeling good. Um, I'm sorry, my, I had my PowerPoint, but it went down. Let me see if I get this back up again. And God has helped us in so many different ways to be able to make it through the good times and the hard times. God's been helping us through the times when when we don't know what to do all the time. And even though this coming year um, is a year that we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know what's going to happen, we know that God's in control. We know God's in control. And this year we've been um, starting a book. It's called Living the Christian Year. And this is a book by Bobby Gross, and some of you have already bought it. And I want to encourage you to get that book, because it is a a book that's going to help us as we go through the sermons to understand how God works throughout the whole year in the life of Jesus. And we follow the life of Jesus in a Christian year, starting in Advent, with his birth, going through Lent, and going through Easter, and then going through the rest of the year, even as Jesus lived on earth, until we get back to Advent next year. So that we see that just as you and I have a normal year, that Jesus' normal year also helps us to see how we live in him, and how we live with him, and how he lives with us. Um, Jesus, when he came to be with us, and he became the flesh, Okay, he became God's direction to us. He became one who helps us to see how God sees life. We can say that God truly knows how we feel because he became flesh. Now, I don't know how you feel right now. Um, Maybe some of you feel good. Maybe some of you feel sleepy. Um, Maybe some of you are excited about something that's happening later today or tomorrow or this week. You have family in town. Um, But we don't really know what's going to go on in the coming year. And I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. Um, I don't have the gift of prophecy. But I'm pretty sure I can guarantee three things. Three things are going to happen in all of our lives this coming year. I guarantee you three things are going to happen in our life this year. Number one is that God is going to knock on the door of your heart. Okay, God is going to knock on the door of your heart. He's going to try to get your attention. He's, right now, he's doing that. 
You're going to read the Bible at some point. You're going to look at some scripture. You're going to pray. You're going to do what we tell our children. You're going to have God sightings. You're going to see God in your life. Even now, even the rest of today, there's something's going to happen. You look at the mountains. You see the beautiful snow that's out there, the crystal clear sky that we have today after the rain. Um, you'll see some family and some friends who you love, and you know they're gifts from God. That's one that I, I guarantee you that God's going to knock on the door of your heart this year. The second thing I guarantee is going to happen is other people are going to knock you, right? That there's going to be people that are going to knock you down. There's going to be people that are going to want to knock your block off. Uh, there's going to be difficulty in this year. There's going to be problems that you're going to have with other people. And that God is still going to be there for you, but it won't always be easy. And the third thing that I guarantee you is going to happen in your life, and I know it's going to happen in mine, is that you're probably going to knock yourself. Right? You're going to knock yourself. You're going to go, oh, man, I wish I didn't do that. Or how could I be so stupid? Or what's wrong with me? You're going to think, oh, my gosh, I'm a failure. You know, I can't get that right. Everything I've done isn't right. This isn't good. And those three things I can guarantee you are going to happen in this coming year because I know they happen to myself. And when I talk to people, I know it happens to everyone. But we have this promise that the word became flesh. And I believe that in that Jesus, and as we look into his word today in John chapter 1, that Jesus came so that we would know that God loves us all the time. That we would know how much God loves us. And the second thing is that he helps us with that second thing. When people knock us, God helps us to know how to love them, how to love others. And the third thing is that God's going to help us to learn how to love ourselves instead of knock ourselves down with poor self-esteem, with self-condemnation. That God's going to be there for us and he's going to help us in all these things. And so as we begin the year and as we look at this book and as we look at the first chapter of John, we're going to see how God is there for us and that we approach a God who wants us to be near him. We're coming near to a God who has come near to us. So let's join in prayer right now and let us approach the throne of grace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your kindness and your goodness to us, that in every way makes life possible. And in every way that you are working in our lives, so that whatever happens this coming year, we will know that you love us. When we come across people that are difficult, you will teach us how to love them. Jesus, you are the word. You are with God and you are God. You were in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through you. In you is life, and this life is the light of all people. The darkness can never overcome your light. And so, Lord, we present ourselves so that we could also know how to love ourselves, even as you love us. And, Lord, we bend our hearts towards you this day, this first day of the year. And we ask, oh God, Send the spirit of your son, Jesus, into our hearts so that we may know you better than ever and experience your creation, your new creation in us. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
If you would open up your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John, that's the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there are some Bibles there on the outside aisles or the inside aisles, and you can grab one. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 1, and we're going to read together the first four verses. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We'll begin where it says, in the beginning. This is a great place for us to begin, in the beginning of the new year, too. Let's read it out loud. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of man. Oh, Paul... I'm sorry, John begins his gospel here, helping us to understand who Jesus is. And he describes Jesus as the Word. The focus of these verses here in John are on the Word, and the Word in Greek is logos. And it means wisdom. It means truth. And the Word means meaning. In other words, through words, we understand and we have meaning in life. We're able to share meaning with one another by having words that communicate. To the Jewish people, the word was powerful. To the Jewish people, God's word did things. It, wasn't, it didn't just say things. I'm sure we've all been there where we, we've said something, but we didn't really mean it. Or we've said something and we said we would do something and we didn't really do it. God never wastes words. When God speaks, something happens. So in Genesis chapter 1, we read that God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God continued to speak throughout creation, and that created the world that we see. The Greeks of that day also had an understanding of word, but word was different for them. To them, word was reason. They looked out into the natural world, and they said, you know what, there's order in this world. The stars come out at night. The moon will come out in a regular cycle. The sun comes up every day. Things grow out of the ground. Vegetation grows in a natural way. And so they believe that from that natural order, there was therefore something behind that order. And they called it the word. They believed that there was a supreme reason for why there was so much order in the world. And so John, as he's speaking to the people here, to both Jew and to Gentile, he found the right word that would be able to express to both of them that God had come in a person, in Jesus, and that this word was made flesh, and that this word is all powerful. Now the Bible tells us there that all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In other words, Jesus was God's agent of creating the world. There was never a time Jesus was not created. There was never a time Jesus wasn't in the universe. There wasn't ever a time where there wasn't God or there wasn't Jesus. He has no time. He's eternal. And in his love for us, he created us and he made us. And he made us so that we would experience life, it says there in verse 4. That we would experience real life. And this is what I want to present to us today. 
that this life that you and I have for 2017, that God wants this year, 2017, to be our best year ever. Can you say those three words with me? Best year ever. Let's say them together. Best year ever. Okay, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them, God wants this to be your best year ever. I want you to say with me that God wants this year to be my best year ever. So what does God want? God wants this to be my best year ever. Yesterday, um, I was down in San Diego, and Pastor Jerry's not here today because yesterday we celebrated his mom, my auntie's 90th birthday. 90. Now, I don't know if many of you want to live to 90, Okay, but if I make it to 90, I want to be like my Aunt Shirley. She loves the Lord Jesus. She became a Christian about the mid-70s at a Billy Graham crusade. And since that time, she has continued to grow in Jesus. And she continues to be the life of so many people's lives. And she continues to grow, and she continues to have wonderful years. And I would like to present to each one of us that however old you are, that this will be your best year ever. And 2018 after that will be your best year ever. But we can only live one day at a time. We can only live one year at a time. And though we don't know all that's going to happen, we do know this, that God is going to knock on our door this year. And he wants us to have this to be our best year ever. In verse 9 and 10, verse 9 and 10 of John chapter 1, The Bible says the true light, so this is sort of carrying on from verse 4, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. But then verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. As God knocks on our door this year, we have a choice. Now, some people prefer darkness, and that's sin. Some people prefer to stay away from God. But for those of us who want this to be our best year ever, God will knock on our heart through Jesus. He will knock so that we would come to him. Turn with me to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. To the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And go to chapter 3. I think that probably many of us are familiar with verse 20, but I'd like to look, have us look at verse 19. Revelation three nineteen. I want to read both verses. And it says, Those whom I love, This is Jesus speaking to you and to me. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. As we think about this coming year, Jesus is speaking to us and he loves us. And we can be certain that not only is God going to knock on our doors and he's going to bring good things, we can also be certain of this, that God's going to knock on our doors to bring us discipline. And we don't like that. I don't like that. 
But that's a reality, that God's going to discipline me, just as parents must discipline their children. So will God discipline us? And there will be times that God will have to rebuke us. He'll have to tell us that we're wrong. He'll have to bring some circumstances into our life so we learn from the lessons. He's going to knock and want to bring good things to us, but at the same time, he's going to knock and he's going to allow things to happen in us that are going to help us to grow. Now, what do we do? Okay, when somebody wants to give us a good Christmas present, we go, yeah, thank you, I, I want that. You know, but what if we, somebody wants to give us something that's painful? Like, we go to the doctor and to get well, we've got to continually get shots. You know, we don't like that. But if we want to get better, we've got to get the shots. If we're sick and we have to exercise, we have to go through the exercises. God wants us to know that he will be with us in all those things. And then he wants us to be earnest, to be earnest. This is what we need for 2017 to be our best year ever. We'll have to be earnest. We'll have to be zealous. We'll have to be willing to try new things. To, to be able to grow, we have to challenge ourselves sometimes. And God is challenging us at the beginning of this year to make this the best year ever by saying, this is also going to be the year that I love God the most, that I'm most earnest for God. And maybe there are some things that are keeping us from that. Maybe there are some sins that we know that we have to let go of. And I don't know what they are for you. I know what they are for me. And God says, you must repent. Because part of being earnest is saying no to sin. Part of being earnest to what is right is choosing not to do what is wrong. And God wants us to know that in Jesus, he will be with us. Now, it's not always an easy ride, but it's the best ride. God will always take us to the place he wants us to go if we're willing to hold on to him, if we're willing to follow him. And I know that for many of us, 2016 was a tough year. But that doesn't mean that 2017 can't be the best year ever. And God would do that through the life of Jesus. He was the author of creation, and he's the author of recreation. Now, a lot of us, what we think we need when we get tired is recreation, right? You know, we need recreation. We need to go to the beach, or we need to sleep in, or we need to go have a party, or, or we need to go on a vacation. We need to have recreation. But God wants us to have recreation. And recreation only happens in Jesus. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. There the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Circle that verse in your Bible. Write it down on your notes. Memorize that verse as God's promise. That this year will be the best year ever as God gives us opportunities that in Jesus we will be a new creation. Something new will happen in our years this year that couldn't have happened in any other year. That God will bring us to a place where we are experience God's new creation in Jesus. And the second thing that God would want us to know, as we think about the people, 
that we have to work with is that as God is working in our lives, he's going to be working in the lives of other people as well. And he's going to want to use us to help those other people. If this is going to be our best year ever, there's a certain kind of person we're going to have to learn to deal with. And that's the person who we would say needs extra grace, where extra grace is required, EGR. And for this to be our best year ever, we are going to have to learn to let God love other people through us. And not the people who are easy to love. It's not the easy people that teach us how to love. It's the unlovable people that teach us how to love. It's the difficult people that teach us how to love. It's those people that teach us more about how to be like Jesus than people who are good and easy and fun to be with. I mean, you think about it, why did Jesus come? He came for people who are lost, people who are in darkness, people who really didn't care about him. He came to love them. And the greatest way that you and I become more like Jesus is to love people who don't love us. Just as we read, he came into the darkness to shed his light, but the darkness didn't want him. Many people didn't want Jesus, but some people did, and some people do. And some people will learn Jesus through how we teach them and how we share with them extra grace. God sent Jesus' cousin John, six months older than him, to be the one who had paved the way for Jesus' ministry. Turn with me in your Bibles back to John chapter 1, and we're going to read out loud verses 5 through 11. John chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. Let's begin. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. This passage is often seen as a passage about evangelism. And it is. It's a passage that helps us to see what God is doing through a man named John who goes out into the world and is telling people the light is coming. The Lamb of God is coming. Jesus is coming. Emmanuel is here. But you know what? It's not just for those types of people that are really excited about, about Jesus and our evangelists. It's about for every Christian. For us to be like John. To go out into this world that's very dark. And to be a witness as John is a witness, as it says there in verse 7. He came as a witness. You and I are sent here to be a witness. And who needs Jesus more than the people who don't like you? Who needs Jesus more than the people who cause you problems? And some of those people are, are Christians. And some of them are not. But each of them need us to be the example of Jesus to them if they're going to get better. 
if they're going to have somebody that helps them through a difficult time, it's going to be God using people like you and me, broken people, who witness Jesus' love. Witness means to verify a fact. And if God loves the unlovable person, and there's a bad person in your life, and they're mean to you, but you love them, you become an example of Jesus to them. Now you are a verifiable fact that it's possible that someone can love them. Now you can be pretty certain that the people who cause you problems have problems. And you sort of know that, right? You know, you think that they're the problem. But you know what? They have problems that you and I, we can't even fathom. We don't know what they're going through. You're sort of like maybe just the dog that they come home and kick when they get home. Right? They're just mad at life. They're just frustrated at something else, and they're taking it out on you. What do they need? They need to know there's hope. They need to know that there's a God who loves them. And the way that they're going to learn that is by you shining your light of Jesus on them. It is about you being a light to them. You know, what does light do? It, it penetrates darkness. Light is a, something that helps us to not just have some vision, but to be able to see into the next place where we're going. It enlarges our vision. It reveals things to us. With light, we are able to be guides to other people. Light exposes what is right and what is wrong. When we have light, we can warn people. We can be warned of the things that might cause us pain or harm. Light can help us to be protected. God wants us to be light like that to other people. He wants us to be the torch, the flashlight, the candle, the headlights, so that they don't run into a wall or fly off a cliff. God wants us to love them. Now in your outline, you'll see that I pair it with a little bit of a paraphrase of the verses we just read in John chapter 1, verse 5. But there's a line there, and I just want you to write your name on those three lines that you see there. Write your name there, and I, I'm just going to read it, and I'm going to say my name, but when you hear my name, just write your name in that place. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came one who was sent from God, whose name was Curtis. Curtis came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him, and that is Jesus, through Jesus, all men might believe. Curtis was not the light, but came only as a witness to the light. See, you and I, we're witnesses to this light. We are those who are able to help and love other people. Jesus taught us this. Turn with me in your Bible to Luke. So if you're in John, go backwards. One book. Matthew, Mark, and then Luke, verse 6. I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 27. Luke, chapter 6, verse 27. And this is Jesus' words to us. He says, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. This is what God would have for you and for me. 
that God wants us to treat people like Jesus would treat his enemies. He wants us to love our enemies. He wants us to pray for those who mistreat us. He wants us to give a blessing to those who curse us. And in that way, we will have this year to be the best year ever because we are going to learn to love those people who need extra grace. Like I said, some of them are Christians. Many of them are not. In Philippians chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And Paul's writing to the Philippians. He's writing to Christians. And he says this, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. God wants us to put other people ahead of ourselves. Remember, if they have a problem, that's why they're a problem to you. They're hurting you because they're hurt. And God wants us to love them and to not put our interests above them. In fact, to even consider them as better than ourselves. And that's not easy. But if we do it, this will be our best year ever because we won't let them get under our skin. These extra grace people, as they require extra grace, you know what's going to happen in your life? What do you think is going to happen in your life? You are going to get extra grace. How many of you want extra grace? I mean, I do, right? And the good news is that it's never out of supply from God. And one way that we're going to get extra grace is to give it to those who need it. And it'll overflow out of our lives. Now, Paul says that we are not only to look to the interests of others, but he says not only to your own interests as well. That God says we can look to our own interests. And therefore, the third thing that we are going to do is we're going to have to learn to experience Christ when I look in the mirror. I love this little picture. Oh, it's, it's sort of scrunched there, but it's a picture of a baby looking into a mirror. And, and God I want you to imagine that God, when he looks into the mirror of us, he sees us like a baby or like a child. He loves us. And this is what John is teaching to us in verses 12 through 14. That God wants us to see ourselves in the mirror as his child. Yet to all who received him, verse 12, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God wants us to know that when we give our lives to him, when we have received him, when we believed in his name, he considers us, he calls us, we are children of God. And he loves us. And we should love ourselves the way God loves us. Would you believe that? That we should love ourselves the way God loves us. If you believe that, would you say amen? amen. Do you believe that God loves you as a child? Amen, he does. He wants us to love ourselves like the mirror. 
He wants us to see ourselves as a child of God as he sees us as a child. In Jesus, we have so much to look forward to. We have so much to look forward to. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible reminds us, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, one of the first things I do when I make a mistake is I kick myself. How could I do that? I did it again. And i got to stop that. 2017 will be the, my best year ever if I don't do that to myself over and over again and not condemn myself. God doesn't condemn me, so I shouldn't condemn myself. God doesn't condemn you, so you should not condemn yourself. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, these wonderful words of promise, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of God's love is stronger than death. All of God's love is stronger than demons. All of God's love is stronger than any power in this earth. All of God's love is higher than the highest heights, deeper than the deepest depths. All of God's love is greater than all of creation, than all of the universe that has no end. God's love is so great, you will never be separated from it as a child of God. And if God loves us in Christ Jesus our Lord in this way, should we not love ourselves in the same manner? God makes us his children because he became a child himself. God became a man so that you and I would get to know God. He became like us so that we could become like him. This year will be your best year ever if you live out that childlikeness of Jesus and you seek to become more like him. We know that grace is something that's undeserved, but you know what? Grace is also something that's unalterable. When God gives us his grace, it won't change. He won't take it away when we mess up. He won't fraction it out each time we keep doing the same things wrong and wrong over and over again. It doesn't become something that is washed away through our sins. No, our sins were washed away through Christ's love and through his blood that he shed on the cross for us. Now, it's not by the will of ourselves that we became Christians. It was by the will of God. We simply agreed with God. And we accepted the gift that he offered to us in Jesus. And if you have that gift, if you've accepted that gift, if you receive that Christmas present, then you have the love of God because you have the love of Jesus in you. And if Jesus is in you, God looks at you and that's whom he loves within you is you and his son who is in you. God has given to us the gift of Jesus so that we can be a gift to the world to share this love. And the more we love ourselves in the right way, the better we are positioned to love others in the world. God's love for us is greater than anything that you and I could ever, ever manufacture. So we ought not try to by being good. We ought to know that God, in his greatness and in his goodness, has already loved us. 
And that when we experience Christ, we experience him even when we look into the mirror and we see ourselves. And that we don't need to hurt ourselves to make God love us. We don't need to hurt other people to get our vengeance. That God would help us to love others and to love ourselves and to know his love in such deep and lasting ways. I want to close by just asking you to do something. And that is to forgive anyone who's hurt you this past year. Just think of anybody in this past year who's hurt you. You can do that right now. You can choose to forgive them because Christ who forgives us is in you. And the second thing I'm going to ask you to do as we close in prayer is to forgive yourself. Forgive yourself of anything that recently happened or happened in the last year that you're still carrying almost like an anchor. And I want you to let go of those things as we pray. So that 2017 can be your best year ever. And that you can embrace the love of God. He became flesh. And the, the hymn, Hark the Herald Angel says, He was veiled in flesh, the, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. When we praise God, we are proclaiming our freedom in him. We are proclaiming like the angels. We are singing, hark the herald angels sing. We are singing with them. And we are proclaiming our forgiveness. And we're proclaiming the forgiveness of other people that God has given to them. And most of all, we're proclaiming our faith in the one that we love, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that in this new year, O Lord, that as we knock on the door of heaven, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see you like never before. We pray, Father, this would be our best year ever. And we ask that you would help us and use us to love others so that your grace is revealed to them. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to love ourselves even as you love us. We ask, Lord, that this would be our best year ever, as you are our creator and the one who recreates in us your grace, your love, and your goodness. In your name we pray. Amen.
As we close in prayer, after we um, close with the benediction, we're going to sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And let that be an anthem for us this year as we become like the angels and share God's love with others. Receive this as from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace now and forever. Amen and amen. Happy New Year. May God bless your year and may it be your best year ever.
Here be 